Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. But today we're looking at a movie. It's the film adaptation of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh boy, I just saw a lot of nipple. When you read the book, you, you don't really need to picture all of the graphic sex, but when you watch the movie, you're like, yep, that's, that's a nipple. That's a labia. <laughs> Kidding, I don't know if you saw a labia. I don't know what a labia looks like, but you see a lot of stuff. And I said the same thing with Twilight, but the movie is much better than the book. And it's weird because the plot's identical. Even a lot of the dialogue is exactly the same, but it's just, it's speedier, it's snappier, it's sexier. The soundtrack is amazing. A lot of bangers on this album. Rewatch the movie and you'll be like, oh, I forgot that this song started out being a Fifty Shades soundtrack song. I mean, the single greatest thing about this movie is that there's no inner monologue. We don't have to put up with Anna's medulla oblongata. There's not a single mention of inner goddess or subconscious. And that just liberates the film, I think. If they had a voiceover narration of Anna, I would have just turned it off. We didn't have any holy cows or oh shits or oh no or oh geez or holy crow or holy Moses. (laughs) None of them. Dakota Johnson, she just acted and it was wonderful. I mean, Dakota was a bit dull and still annoying, but nowhere near as annoying. She was actually much more likable. And Dakota will always be a queen because of that time she said, actually, that's not true, Ellen. (laughs) Remember that? God, that was iconic. If I can figure out how to put audio in to this podcast, I'll play that right now. It's good to see you. Happy belated birthday. When was your birthday? It was October 4th. October 4th. You turned 30. I did. And um, how was the party? I wasn't invited. Actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. You were invited. Last year, no, last time I was on the show, last year, you gave me a bunch of about not inviting you, but I didn't even know you wanted to be invited. Well, who doesn't want to be invited to a party? Well, I didn't even know you liked me. (laughs) Of course I like you. You knew I liked you. You've been on the show many times, and, and don't I show like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did invite you and you didn't come. So This time you invited me? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? I don't think so. Ask everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Jonathan, your producer. Who okay. said you were? I yeah, was invited. Why didn't I go? I don't know. She ended Ellen. <laughs> Rip. And Jamie Dornan. Oh my. That is an attractive man. 
He is a sexy guy. I mean, really, really sexy. And, and he still has all those little traces of a smile, the ghosts of a smile. When reading it, I thought, how's Jamie going to portray a ghost of a smile? And he sort of just, I don't know, lifts up the corner of his lip a little bit. I don't know if he learned that at acting school, but it was a nice little payoff. And all those little bits of fan service are there. There's Wanda, her VW Beetle. There's the lip biting, all of that crap. All of that crap's in it. And I think there were too many close-ups of her biting her lip. And at one point, well, at a few points, she's just like deep-throating a 2B pencil. Just in that scene with the interview, she picks up a Christian Grey pencil and then she's always just running her mouth over the rubber. And like, who still uses a pencil? But she was just constantly just playing around with it. That poor pencil, she was just really giving it some good mouth. But like, I guess it was filmed well. Like the set design was nice. It was all very pleasant looking. Although there was a lot of like over the top set design. Like in the coffee shop, there were huge posters saying, coffee at Clayton's. Everything said Clayton's. Her apron said Clayton's. Like every item in that scene had Clayton's written on it. And I was like, okay, I guess we're at Clayton's. And was the red room even that red? It didn't look like oxblood leather to me, or maybe I just pictured oxblood leather to be much more red than it was because I was like, oh, that's a nice maroon room. I wouldn't call it a red room. I'd call it a maroon room. But that's just a nitpick. As I said, the plot was essentially the same, but more streamlined. We have a few less conversations going over the rules and the contract. She moves to Seattle, like almost straight away. That was great. We only had one tiny shot of her packing. We didn't get 16 chapters of her packing like we did in the book. And her internship plotline was just pretty much forgotten. I mean, Anna didn't really seem to have any interests or aspirations at all apart from fucking Christian. I mean, if she had any wants and dreams and desires, I don't know about it. But anyway, let's just like step through the key scenes of the movie. We start with Catherine Kavanagh not looking that sick. She looked fine. And like she was even eating cereal or something. And I was like, well, clearly you're not that sick if you're eating. Like you could keep shit down. You're fine. But then Anna goes to the interview, but she kisses Catherine Kavanagh goodbye, like on her forehead. And I was like, ooh, stay away from the sick girl. Like, is it just because I watched this in a pandemic that I thought that? But like, come on, we knew not to kiss sick people back in 2015. And straight away when she gets to Christian's building, I was like, why is this receptionist not blonde? I was really annoyed by that. But then there are like six lookalike women just walking around. So I was like, oh, okay. And we have that thing where she trips into her interview with him. And I was looking closely and I was like, what's she tripping over? There is nothing there for her to be tripping. But she does a full pratfall. It was really over the top and hammy. It was like, am I watching Nickelodeon? Like that was a Nickelodeon fall. Remember when Amanda Bynes was on like Nickelodeon all the time? She had her own little show. Everyone was falling like that. She was doing an Amanda Bynes fall. And I don't know why Christian was like, that's hot. (laughs) It didn't make any sense in the book, but watching it, I was like, yeah, why is he so into this clumsy girl who just fell on her face? Like, what? And so they do the interview. And then when he's saying goodbye to her in the elevator, he just like snatches the list of questions out of her notebook. And like, she doesn't notice. What the hell was that? And then he's answered all of the questions in an email to Catherine Kavanagh 
by the time she gets home. And Catherine Kavanagh is like looking perfectly well. She's at her mean machine and she's like, good job, Anna. He answered all the questions. And well, actually in the movie, they don't talk like that. So she was just like, good job, Anna. He answered all the questions like a normal person. And Anna thinks nothing of it. If I was Anna, I'd be like, oh, wait a minute. He emailed you all his answers anyway. Why the fuck did I have to drag my ass to Seattle if he could have just answered questions via email? Why did I do that? But she doesn't register at all. She's just like, oh yeah, cool. And the other thing with that interview, there must've been sexual tension that I wasn't picking up on because when she exits the interview, she goes downstairs and she leaves the building and it's raining and she has like a Shawshank Redemption moment where she's just standing in the rain, like breathing heavily. And I was like, what? You just, you just did a shit interview. You didn't escape out of prison. Like what? Why are you standing in the rain? Get an umbrella. And then we're at Clayton's the store with all the great personal branding. And we have the scene where he buys the rope. We do cut out the, the brother of her boss that tries to crack onto her. So that was nice. Didn't miss him. So then they do the photo shoot at the Heathman with Jose slash Jacob Black. And she's wearing a t-shirt with like short sleeves and a giant scarf, just a huge billowing scarf. And I was like, if it's that cold, why are you wearing a short sleeve tee? And he asks her to go on the coffee date and we don't get three pages of her detailing which car she's going to drive home because she was planning on going home with Jose and the equipment and they wouldn't fit into Catherine Kavanagh's car. We just cut all of that. What a mercy. And they play the bike crash scene so seriously, like as if he legit saved her life. But really it's just a bike zipping past her and he just, (laughs) well, she falls in his arms like she's Scarlett O'Hara and he's like, are you okay? And, and like the bike just went pew, like just past her. Didn't even ring a bell. And then she gets the test books. She's still getting three volumes of the same book. So I still don't know what that's about. And then we have the bar scene. And the thing with the bar scene is she wasn't even that drunk or like she didn't even drink that much, but Dakota was just like slurring her words. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna call Christian. And I was like, what? You're, you're barely drunk. You're a bad drunk actor. This isn't good. And she's using her flip phone, even though it's 2015, because, you know, she's, she's an out of touch gal. And Jose slash Jacob Black hits on her and Christian saves her. And Elliot's there too, all of a sudden. And the same pacing issues that we had with this scene in the book are present in the movie. Like, how did he get there so quick? How did he go inside without noticing her outside? And then know to come back outside to save her in time. Like it's all very messy. But meanwhile, Elliot's inside having a freaking ball with, with Catherine Kavanagh. Like he's been there for hours and Elliot's hot. Elliot is hot. Not as hot as Jamie Dornan. Oh boy. That Jamie Dornan. My gosh. I just watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Have you guys watched that? It's really good. It's Kristen Wiig and her co-stars, the other person that wrote Bridesmaids funny, but Jamie's in it. And he is such a breath of fresh in that movie. He uses his real accent. He's wearing these beautiful Tommy Bahana clothes and he's just, he's an attractive man. He has a musical number. He's dancing up and down a beach, like the complete opposite of Christian Grey. And you can tell he's having a lot more fun with it. Ah, I love Bob and Star, go to Vista Del Mar. Go give that a watch. Anyway, back to Fifty Shades. The next morning, she wakes up in Christian's bed wearing Christian's t-shirt, even though the lounge in that hotel room is gigantic. He could have easily just plopped her on the lounge, but 
And he comes back from like exercising and he's, he's very hot. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet, but Jamie Dornan's very attractive. And he does that thing where she's got a bit of toast and he leans over her with his sweaty body and like takes a bite out of the toast. And I don't think me describing it is, is doing that scene justice because it was, it was very attractive. I was watching this at my house with a couple of gal pals and we had to lay a towel down on the couch because one of the girls was just, she was gushing. She was gushing over Christian Grey. And I don't mean gushing like metaphor gushing. I mean, she was leaking from her vagina. Oh, was that crass? Fifty Shades has gotten me in a really crass mindset because Anna's always wet, apparently. So <laughs> that's just where my mind goes. But yeah, the, the toast scene went down a treat with the gals. They love Jamie Dornan. I mean, two of them were lesbians, but they still love Jamie Dornan. The one thing though about him being shirtless is the cigarette burn scars on his chest are completely obvious. Like they had the prosthetics intern in at the studio that day because they were just shoddily stuck onto his chest. These little pussy scar marks just sticking out like a temporary tattoo. And I kept thinking, surely Anna's going to mention the scars, right? But she didn't. She just ignored it completely. And I was like, why are you bothering to even have the scars on his chest if we're just going to ignore them? And then they're making out in the elevator. And I guess it's meant to be like a comical scene because all these people get in and they act like they weren't making out. And then there's sexual tension. But I was just like, how is this elevator so big? Like the elevator fit half a dozen people and they still had room to spare. And I was like, this, is this an industrial sized elevator? What's going on here? I've never been in an elevator that's spacious. Then she gets home and Elliot's eating out Catherine Kavanagh on the couch. On the couch. The next morning. Like how disrespectful to your roommate. Like on the couch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ouch. Then she goes on the helicopter ride to Seattle. And she doesn't even bring a handbag with her. She... <laughs> She's wearing this dumb horseshoe necklace all throughout the scene, which just infuriated me. They get to his apartment and then they're sitting on like a step in his living room, just like on a step, having a conversation about her being a virgin and he's freaking out, etc. And I'm thinking, why are you not sitting on the lounge? Go sit down on the lounge. Why are you sitting on a step? So they bang. She's wearing like white panties, which is a nice bit of symbolism to represent her purity or whatever. And the cinematography is, is great. The camera like pans up over them banging on the bed. And then it like travels up the headboard and up the wall. And then it rests on the skylight. And in the skylight, you can see the reflection of them banging. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a lovely touch. Very tasteful. I was like, is this from the same cinematographer that did like Gravity or Life of Pi? I was like, this is just really tasteful, beautiful camera work. And the production team should be commended. But a lot of nipples, a lot of nipple shots. I'm really familiar with Dakota's nipples. Let's just say that. But we do see like a shot of the base of Christian's cock later. And I was like, oh boy. And I very much enjoyed it. But the lesbians I was watching it with were like, what's that? Is that his elbow? And I was like, oh no, sweeties, that's, that's the base of a penis. And they were like, huh. Then he's playing the piano while she's asleep. And I still think that's really rude. And then she's making herself just feel right at home the next morning. She's cooking breakfast using every bloody frying pan and plate that she could find. Then they have the morning sex where he ties up her hands with his necktie. And his mum comes barreling in. Just the same as the book. It's the exact same plot, just sped up. And his mum was played by Marsha Gay Hardon, which <laughs> I mean Marsha Gay Hardin. In my notes, I kept writing her Marsha Gay Hardon because <laughs> I guess my word document just autocorrects everything to Gay Hardon for some reason. But she's an icon. She's great. Love her. But she was really annoying in this scene because she had one hand with a glove still on it and then an ungloved hand, which was holding like the other glove. And I was like babe, take the other glove off or put the other glove back on. What's this one glove business? What are you trying to invite someone to a duel? Like put your glove back on or take the other one off and put them both in your handbag. I know it's a fly in, fly out visit, but surely you've got the time to take the other glove off. You had time when you were in the elevator on the way upstairs. You could have done it then. Why, why you still got a glove on, Marsha Gay Hardon? And then we get a whole bunch of boring scenes with just them walking in the woods, her asking about Mrs. Robinson, him giving her a computer and a car and a lot of emails get exchanged. And I liked that she said that her computer was down, not that she didn't have one. I feel like it made her look less hopeless as a character. And so she's moved to Seattle. She gets a helicopter balloon. We get the champagne out of the teacups. Wish they'd cut that. They have their contract negotiation meeting, which is just so extra. They're sitting at the opposite ends of this huge dining table, just shouting out across the table to each other. I mean, they could have just sat next to each other. That would have been perfectly fine, but nope. And even though they're at the opposite ends, he still notices her flushing and her breath 
and her crossing her legs because she's turned on. And I'm thinking as if Christian, you could barely see from that distance. And they also have sushi delivered and no one touches it for ages. They just have the full meeting with the sushi just sitting there. And I'm thinking, oh, you shouldn't really leave sushi lying around. That's sort of the thing you should probably eat as intended. It's like, do you ever go to a sushi train and you just see this sushi just going past you on a loop and you're thinking that's been out a while. That's not getting refreshed. Surely that sashimi is on its last legs. I don't know. There's something about just sushi just sitting there. That's very off putting. And also she's deep throating a 2B pencil. Maybe that's why she's not eating the sushi because her mouth's too busy nibbling on that pencil. There's another scene where she goes for a run. She has the surprise visit with the ice cubes and the sweaty sex. And it was around at this point when I noticed that we hadn't seen her clamber once. She was on that bed and she just got on the bed. She didn't clamber on it. She didn't clamber off it. And I was like, wow, Dakota, you didn't read the source material, did you? Because you're not clambering at all. And then we have the dinner at her parents' house scene. And I was still annoyed by Marsha Gay Hardon. He rocks up and she's like, oh, see, you do visit me sometimes. Look at you finally visiting your mother. And I was like, why are you shading him for not visiting? He's, he's visiting right now. Ah, oh, just that level of passive aggression. It just doesn't sit well with me. And apparently Mia is played by Rita Ora, but like, what's the point? She said two lines and you see her for like a second, but that's Rita Ora if you wanted to know. And then at dinner, she mentions that, oh, I'm going to Georgia tomorrow. She doesn't tell us that nothing's booked, but we know. We know that she hasn't actually booked the trip. And like, why did they not change that in the script? When you're adapting a book into a film, you're given the opportunity to cut shit out and fix things that don't make sense. But her, oh, I'm going to Georgia tomorrow revelation is just kept in, even though they could have changed it. And Christian's pissed. So he's like, I'm taking her for a tour of the grounds. And then Marsha Gay Hardon winks at him. And I was like, Marsha, it's like, you know that he's about to go spank a girl in the boathouse. Why are you winking at him? Because they're going on a tour. Like, do you think they're going to fuck? Uh, it was a very odd wink. I'm not too sure what's going on there with Marsha Gay Hardon and her one glove. And then that night we get Christian confessing that his birth mother was a dead crack whore. But Anna's like asleep when he says it. She's just lying there pretending to be asleep. I, I assume she's pretending to be asleep or she could have just been asleep. Uh, very odd choice that was. And then she flies to Georgia. We don't get the whole saga of her being booked onto first class getting the upgrade, having the massage at the airport, not putting her Blackberry on airplane mode, then making a connecting flight, and then Christian threatening to put her in the cargo hold next time. We cut all of that. And just bravo to them for cutting all of that. Thank God. So she hangs out with her mum, and her mum, also a bit weird, she pronounces her name Anastasia. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. I've been saying Anastasia. Everyone else in the movie is saying Anastasia. But her mum's like, oh, Anastasia. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you just trying to be kooky, Renee? And then he surprises her in Georgia as usual. And they go gliding. But he doesn't rip her tampon out of her vagina. So that's, that's also a good change. They didn't change much, but they changed the one thing that they really should have. So that was good. But they also cut out glider pilot Mark Benson. And I was really upset. I really wanted to get a visual on Glider Pilot Mark Benson. Poor Mark Benson, cut from the film. 
Also, the gliding scene in the book was described to be like at sunrise in magic hour and super beautiful and they're just chasing the dawn or whatever bullshit. But in the movie, it's like overcast and cloudy. And I was like, oh, that's that's a letdown. I don't know if they had budget restraints and they were like, well, it's not nice weather, but we've only got the glider plane for the one day. So let's get the shot. Or like, could they not have just CGI'd the glider plane? I don't know what their budget was, but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty disappointing. It was a letdown. Christian gets a call that there's a situation in Seattle and he leaves Seattle. We never find out what the situation is. I'm going to have to read Fifty Shades Darker to find out what the situation is because I just don't know. We still have Taylor picking her up from the airport in Seattle and her still not showing any interest in his personal life whatsoever. He's got the sign and she's like, do you think I would forget what you look like, Taylor? And that's all she says to him. So then we're back in Seattle at his apartment. They do that blindfolded, whipping, banging to an orchestral hymn scene, but they cut out the iPod with the antenna and the remote control calculator and the CD player with lots of buttons. They cut all of that out. And I, I think that's also a wise choice. I think the prop person on set was like, wait, what am I meant to do here? An an iPad with an antenna on it. Like, huh? Why can't she just have a Bluetooth speaker system? So the prop person put their foot down and was like, no, we're not doing that. But the whipping scene was like all in slow-mo. And I was like, what am I watching? The Passion of the Christ? It was just very seriously done with her getting whipped and, and like the hair flying out as she gets whipped. And I was like, yeah, this isn't the Stations of the Cross. What's happening here? This is meant to be sexy. And speaking of not sexy, that's when we have the scene where she asks him to punish her properly. And he just goes to town on her behind. And you can really see that he's really turned on by it. I think Jamie Dornan sells it pretty well, but it's very unsettling. And it's not fun to watch him beat her up. uh, It's not good. And then the final scene is them saying goodbye in the elevator with her in the elevator saying Christian and him saying Anastasia, and then the door closes and that's the end of the film, which is a nice bit of mirroring because that's how they ended the interview at the start of the movie. But we miss that whole scene of her going back to her empty apartment and hugging a deflated foil balloon. Like I really wanted to see that. If we ended on her hugging a deflated helicopter balloon, like that would have just made me so happy. But that was it, that was the film. And other than a couple of cool shots and a sexy, sexy Jamie Dornan, it was pretty like uninspiring and vapid. But I mean, it's just like the book, even though it's a huge improvement on the book. It was was fine. It was just like the book, but better. What did you think? Did you like it? Were you laying a towel down (laughs) just like my friend was? Or or were you not feeling it? Let me know. Send me an email breakingdownpod at gmail.com or a tweet to at podbreakingdown. You can also hit me up at nathanbrown90 on Twitter and Instagram. And the Instagram handle is breakingdownbadbooks because I like to have all of the handles different. (laughs) You can check out breakingdownbadbooks.com for more information or you can join the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. And that's the end of Fifty Shades. Uh, I'll have a little announcement coming out shortly, letting you know what is up for the next season of Breaking Down Bad Books. So keep an eye out for that in your feeds and I'll see you then. Bye. Okay, so what are we doing? It's a promo for the show. (gasps) Oh my God, do we get paid? No, we do not get paid, Chloe. Jesus, we're fictional. How can we get paid? 
your sequel get paid? She makes the show, and technically, if she gets paid, we get paid. Who taught you what technically means? I know what technically means, Katie. Oh my god. Um, Sarah, should we not be talking about what the show is about? Good call, Sersha. I appreciate you. I am here to help. <laughs> So here at Chicklet for Life, our mission is to reclaim the term chicklet as it applies to books by women, technically for women. I see what you did there. Shh, Kleena, you're interrupting a promo. <laughs> Do you want to find out if Marion Keyes' watermelon can cure heartbreak? It totally can, by the way. Or our thoughts on Mr. Collins cruising for bitches in Pride and Prejudice. Or, you know, how Chloe turned us all into rabid BTS fans over the course of the first series. Okay, now that was Sarah. Sarah brought that up for us. And I rue the day, my friend. I rue the day. Oh, you lie. <laughs> yes. All of this and um, some literary criticism. Seriously, like for real it, this time. It is all us just speculating on which character sounds like they smell the nicest, Sarah. Let's be real right now. Yeah, don't lie to these people, Sarah. Oh my God. Okay, I'm ending the recording. Chicklet for Life, available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, or indeed anywhere you get your sexy, sexy podcasts. See, and I didn't swear once. Oh my god, Chloe. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.